75 out of 81. Hello and welcome fellow film buffs. I'm Zach Droll, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow cinephile, Hunter Venelirup. Most bodacious. We are the box office losers. Take three, by the way. Each and every week, we deep dive into the movie sphere and watch any and anything to have graced the silver screen and review them. This week, we talk about Bill and Ted Face the Music. By the way, take three. Hell Love. yeah, dude. <laughs> awesome. Take three. Uh, the... <laughs> Makes sense. This is Bill and Ted 3. This is the third yeah, take t- of the film. Take three is because... Um, the first one... Because we... my computer hard reset. Yeah, the first one, you dropped... Uh, one of us dropped audio. I think it was you. Yes, it was Second me. one, we finished, but it was too short, and then it got deleted. And now we're here... And we're going to try to milk this one for at least 45 minutes. <laughs> and if not, then I'll just fucking poorly beatbox or quote things for another 10 minutes. <laughs> um. <laughs> Alright, so let's get into so, this overview. I will, Bill and Ted. I will start the overview because I need to prove that I'm not illiterate. <laughs> Fuck you, Hunter. Um. <laughs> hey, man, you already fucked up the intro, but it's Eat all my good. ass. The rulers of their future tells best friends Bill and Ted they must compose a new song to save life as we know it. That's the save life as we know it. But instead of writing, they decide to travel through time to steal it from their older selves. Meanwhile, their young daughters devise uh, their own musical scheme to help their fathers bring harmony to the universe. Most like I I like this plot. I I, I rewatched some scenes. I didn't rewatch <laughs> the full movie again. But I say that this movie no, definitely it's does. A good movie, but I just watched tears it. to my eyes uh, of emotions. Oh yeah, especially near the end, which yes. we'll get to later. But it's just such a cruel film because like, like even though we did just watch all the movies like back to back to back, I feel like watching this the first two when they first came out, and then watching this twenty or so years later was probably a really cool feeling to have. Apparently 25, but not really 25. Well, yeah, 25 or so. <laughs> I mean, we had Bill and Ted content over the couple of years to keep us satisfied with the comic books and with um, just Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves doing the voices during interviews every once in a while. What's well, like um, but uh, overall, it sucks that we did have to wait so long to get a new one. So if you realize this, so um, they mentioned like I think in the in the film itself they mentioned twenty five years, but thanks to the end credits of a uh, bogus journey, so those newspaper things were actually added, at like at the last minute thanks to like someone, which is like um mm-hmm. the, the the um the writers and the director were against that. Because they wanted to at least have proper timelines, just in case there was a third movie. And one of the newspapers for the concert at the Grand Canyon messes up the entire timeline. They also have a concert on Mars, which they don't talk about. So, yeah. I'm not sure if I can hear you, but you said anything. Oh, no, I said they had a concert on Mars um, in the end credit thing of Bogus Journey. It said Wild Stallions to headline Mars in first Mars concert. And then they don't talk about it in the comic book that came out a couple weeks ago called Bill and Ted Are Doomed, which is a direct sequel to um, Bogus Journey. And they don't talk about it in the film at all that they went to Mars to party with Station. But then again... I guess it makes sense because traveling to Mars to perform music is kind of fucking stupid, and they just probably threw that in there as like a cool little gag. Yeah, <clears throat> that's that's probably what it was though. They probably, well, I'm saying though, I'm saying though, just like the the Grand Canyon concert, um, that, that they did mention in in Face to Music, um, it messed up the entire timeline. What do you mean? Like so, they they said um your concert at the Grand Canyon was 25 years ago. But I think at the end of, I think on the newspaper headline, it, it read a different year that doesn't add up to 25 years ago for the current time. Also, also their kids are only 24. I think and so. They, and they had their kids at the end of Bogus Journey, so it's a little off by a year, but that's whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's get into this plot. Hunter, do you want to read that first paragraph? Hell yeah. 
I will start with the first paragraph. Thank you, Zachary. So, uh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. In the year 2020, Bill Preston and Ted Logan have failed to write the prophesied song to unite the world, and time and space are beginning to collapse. Their wives are unhappy, and con- Ted confines in Bill that he does not believe they will ever write this song. Kelly, the daughter of Bill and Ted's deceased time-traveling guide Rufus, arrive to take them to the future. They meet Kelly's mother, the great leader, who tells them that they have until 7.17pm that night to write the song or reality will collapse. Realizing they will not be able to write the song in time, Bill and Ted use Rufus's time-traveling phone booth to steal the song from their future selves. However, their future selves are unsuccessful and their wives have them. They blame their past selves for their failures. Now, this is what I don't really understand. I understand, like, so near the end of the movie, they talk with um with Kid Cudi, and they talk about, like, infinite timelines and infinite Bill and Ted's, that yeah. even though they time-traveled into the future, like, their future selves are still alive. And I know uh, Rufus's watch said everything makes sense in the end, because, like, they go, oh, yeah, let's time-travel to, um you know, two years from now to see if we have it. And then the timeline isn't completely broken and collapsed, and in their brain, they go... Oh, that means we must have did it. Then they find them and then find out that they didn't do it. The the fucking future Bill and Ted should have just said, Oh yeah, no, your daughters did it. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? It saves you a whole fucking hour and a half yeah, of film. <laughs> that, that is very true. I, I think, I, yeah, the, the, the biggest indication that they did do it was that the world was still in one piece. Yeah, but then all the future Bill and Ted's keep saying, Oh yeah, we never got to do it. We never did it. And I'm sitting there like, but the reality hasn't collapsed. Like, I understand, like, the current timeline, like, having that Bill and Ted still around because in their timeline, their watch is set to whatever. But the other Bill and Ted yeah. should be gone because real- time and space, reality, whatever, should have fucking collapsed. And then it's not until they reach yeah, their it, old, it, it really old selves yeah, that yeah, it fucking... We, we didn't do it, but your daughters did it, and then your wife said, we're leaving you because you're not smart yeah. anymore. Bye bye. And th- and then and then the film should have just been about them trying to get their wives back rather than them trying to write the song when it's so obvious that the daughters did it. <laughs> uh, the daughters are are gonna I be don't the ones to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I I, it just I makes sense. It, it, it's a very good premise. I think honestly, like they 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 did have a lot of flubs in like in, in the plot hole department. Yeah, but that's and any movie does that. It just happens. It also sucks when it's like, like that I, when you um have a time travel movie. Yeah. I I just think though, like, hey, it was it, it was it was a good premise that, that they really like. It was a, probably a giveaway that they that they did write the song when world is when the world is perfect, nothing happened. Huh. But let's uh, segue into our next bit of plot. I will be reading. <clears throat> <clears throat> With Bill and Ted missing, the great the great leader sends time traveling robot named Dennis to kill them, hoping this will restore balance in the universe. Kelly travels back to the present to warn them, but instead meets their daughters, Billy and Thea, who. <clears throat> Excuse me, who decide to help their father create the song using Kelly's time machine. Billy and Thea recruit musicians Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Ling Young, and Gorm, a drummer from before recorded history. Bill and Ted travel to the year 2025, where they have seemingly become successful. However, they are tricked by their future counterparts who try to pass off a song by Dave fucking Grohl <laughs> as their own. Billy, Thea, and their band return to the present to meet up with Kelly and the time uh, displaced Kid and a time displaced Kid Cuddy. But uh, Dennis uh, inevitably kills them and sends them to hell. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> this whole... Yo, okay. <laughs> I mean, the only bad thing about taking the uh, plot summaries from Wikipedia, I mean, <clears throat> writing it from our heads... Is that we do get, like, they do blow through yeah. a lot of the fun scenes, which does suck. But since this episode is a rush job, even though we do want to stretch it, it's fine if we, you know, skip some stuff. But there's a bunch of cool scenes in this uh, moment. I like this one where they travel into the future to um, find themselves first, and then Ted starts to become a drinker. 
Then we see them go to Dave's girl house, Dave Grohl's house, and we see a nice little fucking Dave Grohl cameo, and uh, them speaking in British accents because they've been knighted and all that dumb shit. And it was just such a fun thing to see, like Bill and Ted just be super duper successful rather than the first time we see them where they're just like doing open mics. Yeah, I, um, I, I, we mentioned this in previous takes, but I, we, we do think that it was a missed opportunity for have some type of John Wick reference, like in the in the prison scene, they could have had the Baba Yaga tattoo on on. I mean, Ted. they might have had it, but we just didn't um, see it, or even it's possible. Yeah, but or um or in the um or or when they first meet their future counterparts. Um, and Ted was about to fight himself. He could have said, I'll, I'll kill you with a pencil. I swear. <laughs> I know how to do it. Yeah, but it, 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 they're not supposed to be, they're also not supposed to be very aggressive characters, with. at least in, um, those movies. Because Ted is like the more docile one. While, uh, Bill is the little more aggressive, yeah. not crazy aggressive, but he's a little more spiteful. Oh, and another thing we we forgot to mention, cause like. Because t- taking stuff off from our top of our heads, definitely not from sites <laughs> that were trusted and not trusted. Um, um, so we see uh, some Missy's back oh, in here. Oh, yeah, she's back. She's marrying Deacon. M- m- we see Missy for a third time, thanks to this <laughs> film. Um, so here's how this timeline goes. Mary is uh, Bill's dad. Divorce is Bill's dad. Mary is Ted's dad. Um, divorces Ted's dad, marries Ted's Hell brother. Yeah. Deacon came back, not the same and, actor, but Andy, uh, I think it's Andrew Bennett, and he's pretty good. I like him. Yes. And also, um, not to sound like an asshole, but Missy H like spoiled milk. <laughs> I mean, it happens, you know? What are you gonna do? <laughs> she was so hot! <laughs> it happens, and man. And then, Hollywood got yeah. to her. Coke. <laughs> Coke, plastic surgery, kids, Hollywood, everything. And let's jump to um some some um, of the Kelly and Th- not Kelly and Thea, uh Billy and Thea recruiting the uh, musicians. They first go to Jimi Hendrix, and he's like, oh. "Yo, fuck this! This is not how we're doing this. You're just some crazy groupies. What kind of drugs are you on?" And they go, "All right, cool. We got to get Jimi Hendrix's musical influence." So they go back and get Louis Armstrong, and then. They bring Louis Armstrong in. It was in, a very fun scene. And then Jimi Hendrix is like, yo, that's definitely not Louis Armstrong, you fucking weirdos. Knock this shit off. And then Louis Armstrong starts playing. And then, you know, him and Jimmy start uh, team up with Thea and Billy to go recruit everybody else. Because with Jimi Hendrix and Louis Armstrong, anything is possible. <laughs> I actually, I, I, I love the Wolfgang scene. Oh, yeah. For, the um, fucking for, battle of the bands right there. And then that was such a good scene. Yeah. You know what oh would have been funny? God. Like, um... If they, uh... What? Right after, uh, Billy and Thea recruit Grom, they travel to right after Dave Grohl's house is invaded by the police, and then they recruit Dave Grohl. <laughs> that would have been fucking oh hilarious. Because <laughs> then we could have had a scene near the end of the film where Bill and uh, Ted are, uh, see Dave Grohl in the, um... In hell... And they go, sorry for breaking oh, into right. your like, house, man. Because of my house. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would have been funny, but Dave Grohl only made a small appearance. Uh, but uh, hey, I, overall, the, like it was like I I loved the, their yeah. time travel stuff for um for game the musicians because it's it's like um it it brings us back to the original of Excellent Adventure, but not long and drawn out with eighteen minutes of trying to get these people it was quick fast here's jimmy hendrix okay we can't get him but let's go back and get louis armstrong okay we got him play the trumpet boom we got hendrix <laughs> yeah. and armstrong. they kind of recruited everybody really fucking quick it was nice it was easy back and forth bang yeah. bang it was nice yeah you always want like quick recruitments the grom stuff was fun like she sees them runs away and mozart goes wait come <laughs> yeah. back <laughs> And no. then they get her. I thought she was gonna smack uh, Mozart uh, in the face with like. So, uh, I'm trying to think of like what, what was like. Is there any, anything else that, that stands uh, out? Kid Cudi though, knows a lot about time, time travel. travel. 
What was that? I'm sorry, because you cut out on my I end. said Kid Cudi knows a lot about time travel for some reason and quantum realities and whatever. Well, because um, he is a... He's a fucking station. <laughs> that That's your theory. Okay. I believe it, because he says station for some reason. Those, those nightmare-fueled puppets are canon to three, and Kid Cudi is a station. <laughs> station. Um... And then we get to a couple Dennis scenes every once in a while, uh, right before we get to our next little bit of plot where Dennis pops up and oh, the, Dennis the, the cyborg, the yeah, uh, he pops up and he tries to kill Bill and Ted when they uh, get into Dave Grohl's house, but then he accidentally kills Ted's dad, and that's when we get our first glimpse of death. And then he travels back to the present, and that's when he kills the girls and their uh, band throughout time. And then he goes, uh, uh shit uh oh no he's like oh no uh uh <laughs> oh, oh no <laughs> he's great uh, i think it, uh, who is it it's it's anthony like, something I, is his name he's great anthony kerrigan like, um the, the person who played dennis um i think it's I, I can't anthony think of his kerrigan. name but i, I know yeah. him as Zaz from i think his name is from, from gotham he's great Such i wanted him to be in actor. more stuff you gotta watch him in barry with bill Hader. he's fantastic in barry he, he Yes, I, I, it's on my list of things to watch. It's on HBO Max, so definitely able to check it out. I know I'm gonna watch it later on, but no, like, um, definitely like he, he, that actor should be utilized a lot more in both serious and and comedic roles. He Mm -hmm. definitely knows his timing. All right, speaking of timing, let's move on to um, our next bit of plot. Bill and Ted travel to 2067 and find their elderly future selves on their deathbeds. The elderly Bill and Ted give their younger selves a USB drive containing the fabled song written by Bill slash Logan, uh, Bill slash Logan, God, Preston slash Logan, stating that it must be performed at 7.17 p.m. at MP46. Dennis appears, but stands down upon learning Bill and Ted have the song and regretfully inform them that he killed their daughters. In an attempt to go Dennis into killing them so they can rescue their daughters in hell, Bill destroys the USB drive. This backfires as the distraught Dennis turns the weapon on himself, but Bill and Ted throw themselves in the way of the beam. All three are sent to hell, where Bill and Ted locate their daughters and the band. With the help of their daughters, Bill and Ted settle their differences with their old bandmate Death and return everyone alive to them. This is a nice little scene. We get to see Bill and Ted reacting to why a robot is in hell, and then we get to see uh, we get a nice glimpse of Death because he's not in it that much in this movie, but we do get a nice bit of Death by William Sadler. So. Dennis like I I can't I can't kill you, I can't kill you. You guys have the song. Well, you know what? Ugh. I, I, I still can't kill you. Well, you're gonna have to. And they, I'm yeah. gonna kill myself instead. No, you're not. Yeah. And then took him with him. And then, th- this is when we learn D- Dennis's name. He goes, my name is Dennis. Dennis McCoy. <laughs> Caleb McCoy. Yeah, no, it, it's funny. I, I really like Anthony Kerrigan. God, I, I, yeah. I love We need a character. spinoff of just Dennis. <laughs> no, we just need, like, when when the DVD version gets released, we just need, like, a full, like, a, a special features of just him. Yeah, just, or any deleted uh, scenes where Dennis he does Caleb more McCoy. stuff. Or if they do a Bill and Ted 4 with uh, yeah. the daughters... They have uh, Dennis is their death, or Dennis comes back and talks to them instead of death. (laughs) Oh my god. That would be great. (laughs) All right. Okay, he's he's an amazing character. He's he's essentially a less annoying version of what kids have as the Oh, he's way better than a minion. What are you talking about? He's an amazing character. He's way better than the fucking minions. No contest. Oh, of course, but I'm saying though, like, I, 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 I know, but I comparing him to better version, just fucking lame. Like, <laughs> yes, comparing to the minions is is pretty much a sin. Yeah. But, but I understand what you're saying by like se- idol. <laughs> fuck it. Now segueing, the, the group arrive on Interstate 210 at the MP46 marker. Just as reality is collapsing, Bill and Ted realize that Preston Logan on the USB drive actually refers to Billy and Thea, and that the song must be performed by everyone across time and space. 
they are joined by their wives, who have realized that they are the happiest in their current dimension. The four use Rufus's phone booth to create infinite copies of themselves across time and space, handing instruments to everyone who ever lived. Everyone across reality performed a song together, while Billy and Thea are producing. While Bill, while Bill and Ted lead the band on guitar, the universe is repaired. Excuse me, and everyone returns to their proper Hell time yeah. periods. I th this was a good scene. Um, it also it, it's a bit like it's also a bit like weird on how do they know what proper chords. Well, that's play. why they have all that synth bullshit, and it's also like just just Be playing honest. your instrument. It doesn't really matter that it's good or bad. It's just fucking play. I think that was the point. Yeah, but they traveled to where fucking Grog was, and they're like, "Hey, play this guitar." I don't think they a cave just person knows it, how man. to play guitar, man. Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> That—that's not how you. I had a guitar. I gave up on it because you don't just strum. You have exactly. to like actually do shit. <laughs> it's a fucking comedy. Yep. <laughs> who, who, care, who cares Stop about it. logic and comedy I'm Kid Cudi doesn't know that much about fucking quantum reality Shut the fuck up <laughs> And also Kid Cudi's a fucking station <laughs> That's he's your a theory station. Hey man when you meet Kid Cudi ask him if he's a station Oh Is that where the stations ended up after like After Bogus Journey Cause they didn't travel back to heaven They didn't die again they were brought... They, uh, what, did they just no, form right now Kid in the Cuddy? comic books, they are trying to build something, but they haven't revealed what it is yet in the uh, four-issue miniseries, Bill and Ted are doomed. But by the end, if they build themselves into Kid Cudi, I'm gonna fucking shit. <laughs> I'll let you know if they do that. <laughs> yes, I, let me know. Yeah. You know what I, I just realized? Yeah, that I... we did the uh, plot before we did the notes. <laughs> Oh, neither do I. I'm just letting the audience care. know that we will be covering notes on this right now. It's, it's We did mess up the um, thing because it's our third take and we are very, um, like, tired. But we will cover the notes in just a second. And we also, like, and we also have our, and we also have our scripts preset before each recording on, on how we, on how we, we lay out um, our, our, our talking points. So, um, before getting into notes, so I, I watched, um, the nostalgia critic talk about <laughs> Bill and Ted and such. I know, I know, like, it's a very, like, t talking about him as, in, in the movie review sense, is very niche and yeah. point based. So, he, he reviewed one and two before as you three do. came out. <laughs> and there was an ongoing joke throughout the entire thing that that three was either bad it was or just awesome. okay and i'm like are you serious like this like three actually is, three is definitely really better good. than two it definitely makes up yeah it, it makes up for it makes up not, for not, two's the, not even a flub it's just not as good as the first one it's when you like do that. a sequel retread you basically have to retread everything i know well, you I'm saying, overall, I'm saying but it's overall. not a flub it still made its money back and it's still a cult classic the problem is it just wasn't as good as the first one. Like, you, sometimes lightning can't strike twice, but when you hit do it a third time, it's really fucking good. <laughs> well, because if you also look at it back in the day, so, like, when Bill and Ted, um, Excellent Adventure came out, that was, what, uh, Excellent Adventure was 89, and, and then Bogus Journey was 91. So, like, at that point, like, a lot of, like, sequels to movies of that era were destined to be bad. The only exceptions out there are, like, um, are, uh... John Wick 2. Back to the Future Part 2. Um, uh, Die Hard. And Did you just say Die Hard 2 like was Rocky better series. than the first one? Those were the only exceptions. No, I'm saying though, I'm saying though, but like, oh, okay. those at least I was about were to fucking fight you and garnered more. <laughs> Die Hard Two is definitely not better than the first movie. It is good though. Oh, and uh, and um, Bill and Ted's budget, and Bill and Ted's one? budget was twenty five million. I don't know how much twenty five million that. is that not a lot. This movie looks really good for twenty five million. Probably not much. Yeah. Uh yeah, and next week's movie has a bit way bigger budget. It looks like oh just okay. Wait, um, Bill and Ted. Okay. Um, B 
Bill and Ted Face the Music grossed four hundred thousand from from one hundred from one thousand and seven theaters on its first day, and it went on to debut to a one point one million. I mean, it sucks that they weren't able to make all their money back, but it's because of COVID. So it. But that's the only reason. Like, if it came out in theaters, we would have seen it. Yes, we we ended up watching it on VOD. Easier for us to do that. Yes, we definitely would have seen it. We probably exactly. would have planned we a day for to us go to go to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, we definitely watched it on VOD. Definitely did <laughs> not watch it on VOD.com. So technically, we did watch it on VOD. Uh, Moving on to our notes. notes section. Um, Do you want to start it up or do you want me to start it? Scrolling down. Um, I, I got it. Okay. <clears throat> Through the production of the first two Bill and Ted's, um, actor Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, along with writers Chris um, yep. Matheson and Ed Solomon, mm-hmm. right? So, S- Solomon? Yeah. Had become close friends uh, through after their completion of Bill and Ted's bogus journey in 1991. There was no immediate plans for a third one, but the four had continued yeah. successfully. We, we all know that um, in, writers yeah, always have intro. jobs. Keanu Reeves got um, really another... big, and Alex Winter was not as big as Keanu, but still did stuff, and he's more of a director now than he is a uh, an actor. <laughs> I, I still can't believe he directed the, the Smosh movie. A little bonkers? You're that like, what? Like hurts me. Smosh movie like, wasn't huh? bad, though. No, like we'll, he, we'll probably talk about like, it on hey, the it, point, It's not that bad of a movie. I'm always down to do YouTuber it's... movies, even if they're trash. Yeah. So... And I heard the Smosh one's pretty good. We're not talking about Fred. I'll talk about like fucking Fred Logan Paul's airplane mode before I talk about fucking Fred. And the airplane mode is hot garbage. But John Cena's in Fred. Yeah, that's the only redeeming factor, and he's only in it for like two seconds. But John Cena's in Fred. Because he plays Fred's dad. I don't know, man. And? Ahem. <clears throat> More notes. So around 2005, during and? the red carpet event, an in- a reporter asked Reeves if he had any right, interest so, in playing Ted uh, again. Bitch! Around 2005, during a red carpet event, a reporter... I was just... What was that? <laughs> I was... I, I can read I it. I was in the I middle could, of reading my it. my first paragraph was short. <laughs> Fuck you, I didn't bitch. hear you because your mic keeps bit. cutting in and you out. You continue reading the next one. <laughs> I know I am. <clears throat> Around 2005, during a red carpet event, a reporter asked Keanu if he had any interest in playing Ted again. Um, with which is his with his response, um, positive, uh, which he responded positively, positively to. This inspired the group to actually think about a third film. Conceptualizing for the film began between the uh four around 2008 in an interview with MTV in September of 2010 went to confirm that they had come onto an idea for the plot that they felt appropriate with Matheson and Solomon being uh, beginning to work on the script with significant input from Reeves and Winter according to Winter we kicked around ideas for over the year and had always thought if we could make something this was the kind of genuine spirit as the original without uh, failing prey on kind of retro criticism or something. Uh, it was unnecessary. It would be, it, if it was unnecessary, it would be worth doing. Um, and that we have finally hit upon an idea we think is pretty great. Even at this early stage, the concept of the third film had involved Phil and Ted having reached middle age and set and still set to achieve the prophesized music that brings peace to the world. The first draft of the script had been completed by April 2011. By August 2012. Dean Parasot. Uh, and Dan yeah, he's Prescott the director even in this 2020 film. So they, got, they had him locked down for like eight years, which is great. Yeah, look at the Batman movie. It's look very at, hard to keep a director um, locked down for that long. Yeah, look at the Flash movie. They still don't even know if they oh, have yeah, a, that was like a proper a director. So having some guy signed on for eight, yeah, that's really good. Good for them. (laughs) 
Yeah. <clears throat> while we, while Reeves and Rin, uh, Winter no, were both eager to return to their roles, there was little interest in the script from any studios. According to Matheson, the original films were considered culty by the studios and wanted significant changes to the ideas that had been established, or even reboot the series. Studios also expressed concerns that the first film was not distributed internationally, which would not uh, garner a larger audience for another sequel. Finding little traction with the studios, the group began trying to appeal to fans around 2014, being more public about the existence of the script and their desire to make it. Ends to show the studios there was a strong audience demand for the film. Reeves and Winter confirmed that the film was still planned in interviews over the following years. Like, uh, every time Keanu would interview anybody for John Wick, knock, knock, um, replicas, any movie, they were always like, so how's Bill and Ted going? And he would always, he would always answer. So that's always good. Uh, they emphasized that this was... Well, yeah, because, like... I think it is one of his... It's essentially like, his debut role, and, like, roles, he still holds say. it... He still holds it in his heart. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, like, when, like, hearing that, like, uh, a studio couldn't really attach to it, it's weird, because, like... How how couldn't um Orion attach? Well, it's because to it of the whole international thing. A lot of movies didn't, like um, really like like they make money like, here, but they make way more it. money overseas. That's why the Transformers movies still comes out, still come out. They make like like well, let's say the budget is five hundred million dollars oh, for yes, Transformers. They make probably two hundred million here and triple that overseas in China. That's why Michael Bay films in China a lot because a lot of his movies yeah. make a lot of money overseas. Well, yeah, because every, because everyone likes because because if you look at like in a sense with um with Transformers overseas, like it's pretty much another version of oh yeah, Gundam no, I get it. Them, but like, or even I'm not just saying just Transformers, but just in general, a lot of movies do way uh, better Evangelion. overseas because there's more people, and they have like like a lot, a lot of like uh businessmen like <laughs> well, yeah. That's yeah. Like the... That, Dude, that, apparently the Fast and Furious movie is going to go to space in the new one, so let's go. <laughs> I'm going to... I want to hit my head wait. to a wall. Um, I really do. I'm, I'm going to hit my head till my ears bleed. Hell, if, if, if by some, some shadow of a doubt... Like, uh, th- this podcast <laughs> picks up traction, and we get sent an advanced screening copy, or we get sent to <laughs> a premiere be for awesome. that. I'm going to legit die. We'll definitely do a Fast and the Furious month. I do not yeah, We'll do a Fast and the Furious Fast month, where we release two episodes space. a week to do all the Fast that's, and Furious movies. That's where I draw the line. Fast in the February! We got it, boys. Fast in the February. That's gonna... I'm, <laughs> I, I the only one I like. It, I, I like Tokyo Drift. Um, That's the only one I like, that will ever get my praises. What the fuck's the fourth Tokyo one called? Drift's I like the one amazing. that has Han in it, but he's not dead. Four, I think. Uh, the like well, like two fast. I think it's just called Fast and Furious two. Four, uh, and then the next one's Fast Five. I, think I like the first Fast Four. And fast is five. um, those are pretty good. I, I think it's... Six was okay. Seven, I didn't see. Fast Eight, Five. I, no, se- wait, which one did I see? Yeah, Fast Five was pretty good. I didn't see Six, but then I saw Seven. Fast I'm weird five, with the Fast well, that's the Rock Anyway, back to Bill and Ted. So, let me finish up my little... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah, in the first couple good. of people. Let me finish up they're what they're I was good, uh, but, like, talking about before. Fucking... <clears throat> They emphasized that this was way more than um, just a money grab, but an earnest work. Solomon, speaking to Digital Spy yeah. in January of 2020, <clears throat> we have a script that we're really proud of, that we worked very hard on, and that we've uh, done many iterations of, and we did it on spec, meaning we spent years working on it because we wanted to get it right creatively. This is not, hey, let's cash in on the Bill and Ted thing for money. This is the opposite. This is, we love these characters, they've been with us for our whole lives, Chris and me, and then Alex and Keanu. And we wanted to revisit them again as middle-aged men. We thought it would be really fun, sweet, and just downright funny. And that was uh, Edward Solomon. So yeah, that was the... I, I like it when the directors aren't just like, yeah, we want money. Not the directors, the writers. I like it when they're passionate about their characters and creations. Like, um... 
Okay, it, it's nice. Oh yeah, cause like, it's cause it shows that like at least like um it's it shows that they definitely did form a bond mm -hmm. throughout the series because Alex and Keanu both kept in contact with Chris and Ed throughout the writing, and like e mm -hmm. even like them as well, and even with Chris and Ed, they they said hey, we want your input on on what we want to tell the stories for, and it it shows that like at least that like they care enough about. The audience and the I mean, characters. I mean, yeah, we might get a, give them a, a sequel with the kids and they would only make small cameo roles, but this is definitely uh, a good setup for Bill Ted. It's literally passing of the torch, passing of the uh, you know guitar, as they say. It, 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 this is a good movie. I like this movie. Uh, due to their messaging, fans began various campaign. Oh. Bitch, I was going to read the last little paragraph. <laughs> uh, d due to their um. What? Due to their um, m messaging, fans began various campaigns to try to influence studios to pick up the film for production. That actually is good. Like another, like, I can, once again, like fans are the key aspect to helping a movie at least become what it is. If you give an example, like like Super Troopers, which is we will do. <laughs> Yes, probably in April. Yes. For well, probably uh, April. We'll probably do like a a month of like pot based movies. So like I, so we, like um, if you look at that, like yeah, overall like, fans have helped movies get where they are right now. Like if it wasn't for people like who say, hey, we we want this to happen, it, it wouldn't happen. Now, segueing back into the notes, uh, <clears throat> the movie's outlook changed after the release of John Wick in September of 2014, which started Reeves, which starred Reeves. According to Matheson, Reeves' career in the prior decade had been lackluster with several flops, but John Wick had renewed his career and brought newfound attention to any potential projects that he was attached to. This included Bill and Ted... Uh, which included the Bill and Ted script, two outside media investors, David Herring and Patrick Duggan, uh, came in to provide the financial backing for the film. And by the end of September 2014, more uh, Regis scriptwriters had began uh, had begun while efforts uh, had begun while efforts were made to find a studio. Winter said that. Uh, that while John Wick did help draw attention to the script, it did not believe uh, he did not believe the film was a fundamental to ultimately getting their uh, to getting Bill and Ted three made, since they still struggled with long term financial deals from that point. Instead, Winter attributed the uh, continued pressure from the fans over social media to influence Hollywood. That they came that they came with news. Oh, because it brought um Reeves back into the limelight. Sorry for muttering through that, but yeah, John Wick did help this film. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the John Wick films were just it, also it, it made John Wick more of a and an expanded well. universe, which we're still getting. We got a new, we got a comic book. We're getting four and five filming back to back, and then we have a TV show being filmed right now. Well, you know what I mean, filmed right now. It's still coming out, so I'm just super excited about more John Wick. No, John Wick. They're doing. Wait, wait, wait. They're doing a Bill and Ted we TV are show doing, right now? They are doing a John Wick TV show called Continental based off of. I would like to know what you're saying, but you um, keep cutting in and out. Oh my fucking Christ. They're doing a fucking move, a TV show based off the fucking no. hotel system in John Wick. I didn't hear a single word you said, Hunter. Jesus Christ. It's not even my fucking goddamn internet this time. Okay. I'm gonna fucking light you on fire, Zachary. Uh-huh. No, my internet is being really good. I have four bars. Yours is booty no, cheeks right now. It's also because we're recording on Discord and not Skype. Internet. Discord sucks dick. Discord sucks dick. Discord sucks dick. 
Skype is no, I have full bars and I have an Ethernet cable. <laughs> I am Etherneted oh, in. Even with the initial funding, it took several. Hey, you're a fucking prick. Continue <laughs> reading. Go to the next. Even paragraph. with the initial funding, it took years for them to make un, uh, to make necessary deals Asshole. for the actual production. Solomon said many of these deals fell through at the last minute. Uh, uh, we've been to the altar a few times. He said we get rejected right about the now you may kiss the bride part of it. During this time, they had secured Steven Soderbergh as an executive producer, Scott Kumpf, um, who produced the original film as pr- producer, and affirmed Bill, and, Bill Sadler's uh, intention of reprising his role as Death. By this point, the script was mostly finalized as no, uh, and known as Bill and Ted Face the Music. Winter said that the concept of the script, uh, Winter said that the concept of the script took longer than it took. Oh my God, took us longer to get it made in the way in a way it got funnier jesus christ that quote is just mishmash uh according to winter they eventually had the sufficient funds with a studio ready to go and had landed alex levavici as a producer they approached mgm to secure distribution prior to its release of a uh, relaunch of orion pictures in september of 2017 mgm accepted the offer which winter said due to uh, them having complete package of pro- of production ready for them and the backing of the fans. The film was formally greenlit in May of 2018 with production handled by Hammerstone Studios. Along with Soderbergh, Scott Fisher, John Ryan Jr., and Don Santilli were named as executive producers while Steve Ponce and uh, Krumpf uh, and, Liv- and Livacci uh, were set as just regular producers. On March 20th, 2019, Winter and Reeves affirmed that the film's production was ready to start and that they had secured a release date of August 21st, 2020, but then they pushed it back a week because of COVID. So it came out the 28th. You may speak now whenever you want, Zach. I finished reading the fucking. I finished reading the I notes, Zachary. This is an ongoing joke. I finished reading the notes. Hunter, buddy. Hello, Zachary. I'm just going to pause my end real quick. Oh, hello? Okay, I can hear you. I did not mute you, you son of a bitch. It sounds like you did. I can hear you typing, but I can't hear you speak sometimes because you cut in and out. It doesn't make any sense. Back and forth. I'm not editing. What was that? I said it doesn't make any sense. Because you probably have ass internet. My internet is fine. Or your microphone sucks dick on on Discord. It probably does, because Discord sucks. We should use Skype like fucking adults. Like a... Only boomers use Skype. But it works, because every time I use Skype, I don't have this fucking problem. With my internet or with Discord. Alright, fun. I'll download Skype for the next episode, then. Thank you. I'll download Skype for the next episode, then. Thank you. God. More shit for me to cut out. (laughs) <laughs> uh, probably not gonna cut it out because fuck it I mean yay alright uh, I'll read the casting yeah we're on casting yep both Winters and Reeves were confirmed to be in the movie once it was greenlit in May of 2018 William Sadler um, was confirmed to be reprising his role as Death from the second film in March 2019 Bridget Lully Pine and Samara Weavering Appeared at, appeared as Ted's daughters, uh, as as Bill and Ted's daughters, Billy Billy Logan. Oh wow, fuck! I, uh, appearing as Ted's daughter Billy Logan and Billy's daughter Thea Preston. Um, respectively. Kid Cudi was also announced as a cast member for the film, playing himself as he gets caught up in events for the film. Station. Um, Anthony. Uh, 
Carrying was cast in June. Carrigan. What was that? Kriggan? Carrigan. Was ca- Carrigan was cast in 2019 as Bill and Ted's yet named adversary in the film. Goodness. In the late um, in late June 2019, it was announced that Amy Scotch was to be uh, returning as Misty. And Hal London Jr. was returning as Ted's father, Captain Logan. Other casting announcements included recast of characters who previous in films with Aaron Hayes as Elizabeth and uh, Jemaya Mays as Jonah and Beck Bennett as Deacon, Ted's youngest brother. Among casting announcements in July of 2019, including Jillian Bell as Dr. Taylor Wood and fa- uh, the family therapist to both Bill and Ted's families, um, Holland Taylor as the great leader in the future, San Dimas, and Kristen Scandell as Kelly, a messenger sent from the future for Bill and Ted. Actually, right. we we didn't get to mention um Jillian Bell as the um as a oh, therapist. Yeah. I'm gonna she has find roles a in new uh site to get our plot descriptions from, just so we can have like a more in depth plot. Because it's it, it's hard to write notes down and yeah. also pay attention to the film, which is why I wouldn't recommend us taking notes because the notes would be Jillian Bell's in this film, and that would be my fucking note. <laughs> so no, but okay, she was in. She was in Workaholics and anything else that had fucking the Workaholics yeah, crew in it. Those guys. Blah, blah, blah. She's really funny. Um, I hope she gets one. Yeah, she is. Like, she is so funny. She she's a lot better in like um in a lot more um kind of like raunchy roles in a sense. Yeah, I, she's I the bad guy in. She um, has had twenty two Jump Street, and she's fantastic in that. No. no um, and she was also was in um, uh, Office Christmas Party. As oh, I didn't see that one, but now I have to because she's fucking a pimp. That's hilarious. If you saw that <laughs> or not, and she she is such an amazing like, like she has she has good comedic timing, but she's better in more of like kind of mm. like out there roles. Yeah, when she's grounded as a therapist she versus was, being yeah. a therapist. She, she had like her roles where yeah, when she's fucking, gr- uh, what's his face? Uh, George Washington appears in front of her. No, 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 no. And she starts running away. <laughs> that was pretty good. But overall, she didn't really have that much to do. Uh, yeah, you are officially, like, dead on my end, so I'm just gonna I'm not pause dead, I was waiting for you quick. to speak. One, sorry for that brief pause, guys. We had technical issues. <laughs> Mainly on my end, probably. Oh, great. Yeah, uh, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> there we go, we're good. No, no, we're good now. I hit the wrong button. Uh, clap sync, and then we can start up again. Yeah, guys, that was a clap sing in the middle of the podcast. 48 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, okay, so... Uh, hey, man, sometimes you gotta do it. Off, uh, before we all died, Hunter. Uh, also, in 2019, Backstage listed a casting call for extras to appear in as various historical figures with help from Jake Tapper... A uh, number of veterans supported by the Wounded Warrior Project were also featured as extras during filming. Part of the writing and casting for the film was create, was creating a supergroup of musicians across time for the film's conclusion. Solomon, Matheson, and Parasot ran through some of the most influencing musicians and centered on Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, and Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Played in the film by Jeremiah Kraft, Dazman Still, and Daniel Duell, respectively. In, ca- in the case of Hendrix and Armstrong, they were able to secure rights to use the artist's, artist's likeness for the film, but were forbidden to use them uh, within the film's advertising, nor could they use any of their musical works. Christian Scott was brought in to provide instrumental performance for Armstrong, while Ray Suen provided both piano and guitar performances for Mozart and Hendrix. They included Ling Lun, 
believed to be the creator of Chinese music to help diversify the group. And while the legends around Ling Long identified him as a male, the producers opted to cast Shannon G as Lun to help round out the cast, given that Bill and Ted's uh, series had never been beholden to historical accuracy. With Death as the group's bassist, they only needed a drummer and created the character of the cavewoman Grom for the film, played by Patty Ann Miller, a real-life drummer for artists like Beyonce and CeeLo Green. <laughs> Tosin Abasi plays the air guitar riffs for Bill and Ted. So, um, actually, um, I, I was, um, yeah, I like that kind of stuff. I, 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 as I stayed in previous episodes, I do play, I, I play the wrestling games from time to time. There actually is a Bill and Ted reference in WWE SmackDown vs. Raw 2019. No, no, actually, wait, WWE 2K19. Really? So, in the my career, they, like, um, two friends go, like, okay, it's time to go on a road trip, and then do, then they do the air guitar and do the sounds. And I'm like, oh my god. Nice. Wild Stallions. It shows at least like, it's... That's cool. It's, I, like I, I was like, stuff. what? Because I was watching a YouTuber play, and I'm like, wait a minute. Because like, he goes, wild fucking stallions. I'm like, huh? No, wait a minute. I forgot this was <laughs> in the game. Because I, I, I didn't get the reference at the time. Cause I didn't watch Bill and Ted at all. N- nor, nor have I seen it at that point. Yeah. 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 Until um, we made this podcast. It's really cool, though. So, like, hearing that... Uh, so, so now we know, like, the, the guitar behind Bill and Ted's air guitar riffs. Um, the, 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 the cave woman mm-hmm. drummer has done work for Beyonce and CeeLo. He's oh. a real-life drummer. <laughs> Why wasn't he in the movie? I love CeeLo. <laughs> No, he no. Come on, let's <laughs> not guess. CeeLo Green is Louis Armstrong. Thank you. CeeLo oh, okay, <laughs> Green can be himself. Put, 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 put CeeLo Green in. <laughs> it would have been funnier. No offense to Kid Cudi, he was fantastic in this film. But it would have been funnier if CeeLo Green it, it knew all about quantum space mechanics. Like a smart dude, to be honest. <laughs> Really? I think kid. I don't think either of them are that smart. But then again, you know, Dolph Lundgren is a fucking doctor. So don't worry about it. Uh, there were no plans <laughs> to recast the role of Rufus, which is very good. I, I, I'm, I'm pausing right there to say that's very good. Because you, yeah, you know, if they had plans to recast him, definitely you, you cannot re- recast George Carlin, who like the, the late great, the person who broke boundaries. Um, yeah, so th- there were no plans to recast Rufus, who was played by George Carlin, who had passed away in 2008. Instead, as a tribute, Carlin appeared um, as a hologram tour guide in the future, using archive footage from the original film and Christian Scales' character as Kelly, Rufus's daughter, who was named after Kelly Carlin, George Carlin's real-life daughter. Kelly Carlin was also given a cameo role in the film as well. There have been plans to have the older brother Bill and uh, the old the older Bill and Ted travel back to the Circle K from the first film to ask Rufus for advice, where they would have used a uh, contribution of particle set recreation and computer generated imagery to recreate the younger versions of Bill and Ted and Rufus, but were limited by budget and time to make this work and scrap this whole idea. See, but it would have been weird though, though because then you like because why wouldn't that have happened in the first film? Because you had to think about that too. Not really, because it all makes sense in the end. Because like if they if they were to do that, (laughs) they they have a a small plot hole for, for for the first one, not having them appear. I mean, if they were to cast a young Bill and Ted, sure, but I think the young Bill and Ted would have been walking away as the older one showed up, and that's what have been there. Like, oh, defense. hey guys, Carlin what, just what been, happened hey, now? CG in there. I go, hey, what's going on? Why do you look do you fucking look fifty? Age, <laughs> and Bill, Bill, how do you, do you look, look somehow shorter? 
Yes. <laughs> um, it looks the same, but shorter. <laughs> initial production and filming started on June 7th, 2019, while casting film... While, while casting filming can... Uh, was that... Commence, thank you. Well, cast Philly Welcome commenced. to my life, guys. I'm illiterate and probably am slowly dyslexic. Who knows? Uh, the, the bulk of the filming took place in New Orleans <laughs> during July judge. 2019. Filming was completed by August 2019. Uh, filming of the scene where Dave Grohl took place in Los Angeles. That's probably no, that's probably no surprise. It probably was his actual house, too. At his actual house. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. In which I, case, that's I, a fucking probably, nice like, house, dude. Slow giveaway that it's Dave Grohl's house. You could probably like look at the at the albums that, that were on the wall. I was trying to look at the albums to see if the because I knew something was up. I was like, this ain't right. We're halfway through the film. They didn't do it. Um, so I was trying to look around, but I didn't see anything. But then again, I'm not a big Dave Grohl well, fan, so I wouldn't have recognized any of his actual well, musical you, you albums. Just have to see I was just trying to see if it was like or, or Nirvana, like fucking David Bowie's house or some shit. Just look for the fucking the, names, you goddamn like. toad. I didn't uh, see any uh, of the names. What, the, the, bon, the Bonetta United School District in Los Angeles, California, which Bonita. serves the city of San Dimas, and La Vem, where the real-life San Dimas High School is located, has opened its doors to allow production to use the school on camera. Although most of the actual filming in Sam Demas for the first film was in a school in Arizona. Interesting. Like they, they probably use like um cheaper. I I wonder what 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 they used for the prison yard. They they probably used the the school then. I was gonna say it looks just like a yeah. fucking playground uh, that they the fucking music, built so walls I, I, around. I, I'm kind of I was interested by this. Um. Yeah, I I know I know. Yeah, you're a bigger music, music guy than me, so I'll let you but, cover like all the notes. <laughs> uh, but r- rather than focus, I know on the hair metal of the original <laughs> films, music director Jonathan Levy, um, in uh involved groups such as Weezer, Mastodon, and Lamb of God, who have been believed re- um re- represented the current state of electric guitar. He helped them compose songs for the film, such as Lamb of God, The Death of Us used in the future prison scene as Tosin um, Abasi who was serving as the air shredder for Bill and Ted Levy brought brought in his band um, Animals as Leaders to play the the soundtrack version of World Saving Song of the World Saving Song in addition the selected uh, the musical acts uh, Levy also worked with Gibson to select the various styles of guitars that were used to represent various eras of music in the film. The soundtrack announced on August 3rd, 20, August 13th, 2020, and will be published by 10K Projects to be released alongside the film on August 28th, 2020. Reza released a music video for Beginning of the End on August 14th, 2020. So that's cool, I, um... Yeah, beginning uh-huh. of the end is um. I did not know that the song that plays at the credits. Yeah, I did. <laughs> As I looked, as I uh, right when the song started playing in the credits, and I like, went on Shazam, Weezer. and I was like, "This awesome. song sounds good, Shazam." <laughs> so that, that that's that's cool though that they had um, like bands like Weezer, <laughs> then Macedon, and Lamb of God to pull in. I I used to be a fan of Lamb of God when I was a very very edgy teenager. Now I I. I Wait, you're still now not I just edgy? listen to um, guys who cry about their girlfriends. So, yeah, <laughs> that's what I do now. Life imitating art. Um, <laughs> Self-deprecation. No, so, um, it, it's, it's interesting though on, on how they got the music for it. It's it's good that they definitely stared that they went back from the hair metal. So, but I, I would like, like to hear references from groups like um, like Motley Crue, Led Zeppelin, um, Def Leppard, all, all those good hair metal groups back in the day. But 
you you give you give yeah. what you can get. Uh, that is it. Uh, that seems to be fully it on the note side. Um, my, I will give my rating first. Um, I'm giving this ten Dennis Kayla McCoys out of ten, trying to fit in. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm gonna give it also ten, but I'm giving it ten Kid Cudi's explaining quantum mechanics and warping yeah, realities this... out of ten. I love this film. This film is fantastic. The passing of the torch is great. The writing is fantastic. The jokes are still on point, even if they're a tiny bit outdated, not by much. But it's good to see the the, the cast is fantastic. Samara Weaving is like slowly becoming like the new hit chick that I watch in all of her films. I think I've seen like almost all of them now because I watched um I watched this, and I watched Guns Akimbo earlier this year. Then I watched this. Then I watched the two Babysitter movies that came out in 2017 and then this year. And then I want to watch Ready or Not. Samara Weaving is fucking fantastic. If you, if you I, haven't hopped on see, the Samara I, Weaving I did not know you are missing out. Her, because I because she looks very different from her role from Guns Akimbo. Since I was... Because in Guns like, Akimbo, she looks like she rolled around in garbage for an hour. To be fully honest, <laughs> I, I did not know who she was up until um, Guns Akimbo. Because like, I thought... Yes, I knew her what, name, and I knew she was like a Margot yeah, Robbie the, lookalike because I think they're both in the same place in Australia. Like a very, she, she looks like a very strong spinning image of uh, a Margot Robbie. So th- th- that's what kind of threw me off for the Ready or Not movie. Yeah. yeah. When I saw Ready or Not, I was like Margot Robbie. I was like, she's not supposed to be in this. And then I saw it with Samara Weaving, and I was like, oh. And then I watched Guns Akimbo and Bill and Ted, and I was like. Oh shit, that's Samara Weaving. She's fucking fantastic. And then I didn't know she was in the Babysitter movies until I started watching them, and I went, Guns "All right, I guess she's my guys, new favorite actress you, you right have now." To watch it. That, that's another <laughs> film we'll, we will we'll be doing a review for. Yeah, that is underrated. I fucking love it. It got like sixes, movie. and I'm like, "What are you fucking talking about, dude? That movie's at ten. <laughs> I love it. It, it. It's just one of those ones where it's like it's so batshit and, and stupid and rewatchable that I America, love it. But um. You, you can definitely tell by the cars, thanks to the license plates. Yep, and, and the license plates. Oh, they're driving on the opposite side? That's a dead giveaway. Yeah, they were supposed to be filmed in, like, New York City or some shit, or, like, Cali. And you know, then I, they were I, like, I like whoops, UK. Like <laughs> uh, but Bill and Ted is definitely, it. this was a definitely, I said definitely, oh my god, take a shot. Every time I say definitely, cool. Um... <laughs> so um you'll be B- dead Bill and Ted Faces Music I, I recommend this to anyone like even even to older fans of the series who thought that this was going to be uh, a dumpster fire I, I recommend this this definitely this this 100% um another shot uh, definitely <laughs> 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 it's self rank. It, 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 it proved a lot of people wrong. <laughs> Did it definitely prove a lot of people wrong, Zach? God damn it! I was trying not to say it, but I said it four different times in the span of ten seconds. No, the, the, this movie proved proved itself like wrong. It, it definitely. <laughs> itself wrong right it gave itself it gave itself a motive and and, and knocked it out of a park and and knocked it out of a park this 100% is a good movie I am I I can hear you fighting it guys uh Hunter hit us with that outro because I I'm gonna cry myself into a pillow (laughs) Because you're going to say definitely yes. another six times in our two-sentence outro. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. This has been a rough episode and a third take slash eighth take. Let's be real. This is like a very 
This is a long one, but also it's because we're fucking stupid. But it's okay. We love you guys. And thank you for bearing with us in our Bill and Ted trilogy. So you guys can follow us on Instagram at Box Office Losers and at Twitter at Box Losers. We have no updates for you guys. We're just Box Losers right now, which I think is kind of funny. Um, you can check that out for up-to-date news, even though we really don't post that much on I, the Twitters I it, because I, I don't use Twitter. Like promote I don't tweet. I just saying, hey, retweet things. New episodes out. Watch it. Yeah. Yes. So mostly just follow us on Instagram because that's where I post all the uh, art for like our episodes and uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. So Instagram is the big one. Uh, we're finally on Apple Pods. I think we're technically on Apple Pods as of two weeks ago, but with this episode, this no, is our first technical on, one that came out before we got like announced journey, on Apple Pods. Whatever. One. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, so you guys could leave us a review, yes. subscribe, and share with a friend through Apple Pods. That would be fantastic. The only way for us to grow is for you to hit that five-star button. Even if you don't, I mean, even if you don't want to give us five stars because you think Zach says definitely too much, that's totally fine. But we would love a five-star review. And then if you could leave us a review, just say, great show, keep it up. That's all I got to do. Two seconds. Thank you, guys. Uh, you can follow me at Scruffy Moose Man on all social medias and my podcast at Android's Amazing Podcast. I talk about comic books for like an hour and a half every Tuesday, every Wednesday. Check that out. Uh, you can Everywhere. follow Zach at Dark Shadow Zake on, I think, Instagram and Twitter. It's the same one. Yeah. And then you can follow him at the Sports Hit List, uh, where he yeah, is a guest host every what, like every so often. Sometime soon, I don't know. Sweet, well, because wrestling is on hiatus right now. Basically, I mean, it's not, but like it is. Yes, and to close it off, be excellent to each other and party on. Yeah, yeah. Dude, are you dead yet? No.